Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. So we've dedicated a few episodes to discussing very specific people who've been important to the world for one reason or another. Some of them good, some of them not so good, like Karl Marx, I think we talked about a few episodes ago. But today I want to talk about somebody who's mostly good, uh, though she has some flaws, which we'll get into. But she is a writer who helps kind of expose the evils of communism and socialism, some of these isms we've talked about in past episodes. But she also helped bring the ideas of free market capitalism and individualism to the masses during a really important time in American history. And her name was Ayn Rand. Some people call her Ayn Rand, or what is it? Yeah, Ayn Rand. But I always call her Ayn Rand. I believe that's how you say it. She's Russian. Mm -hmm. So Twiddle Twins readers are already familiar with the book Search for Atlas, but not everybody would be familiar with the fact that that's actually based off an Ayn Rand book called Atlas Shrugged. So before we dive into that book and why it's so important, let's talk a little bit about Ayn Rand and what made her such an important and very interesting. She was a character. I think that's a way to describe her. That's Ayn Rand a, was a character. <laughs> that's a good way to put her. I think even those who, who love her the most would uh, concede that that is a good way to describe her. So uh, Ayn Rand, yeah, she's a very interesting person. She was born in Russia uh, to an upper class family, which yes. means that they were pretty well to do uh, financially. and. At the time in Russia, the political climate, the government, uh, they were very opposed to the free market and people like her family who had, you know, a bit of money. There was uh, this kind of feeling that everyone should have their fair share and there's you know, too much inequality. Uh, so she eventually got out of Russia and made it over to America without her family. And, you know, when she got here, she got uh, started in Hollywood. So she started working on like film scripts. And what was really interesting for her, and I've actually seen this story play out with many people more recently. She was very surprised having left, you know, Russia to see people here in America, the land of the free, uh, championing socialism and communism. And she had just fought really hard, you know, to get away from these things, right? Uh, so she wrote, you know, a series of fiction books based on uh, anti-communism themes and pro-capitalism, in other words, free markets. Um, Atlas Shrugged, of course, you mentioned is one mm -hmm. of the ones she is very well known for. You know, there's The Fountainhead and many others. Which and, I've never read, which is pretty surprising because I've heard yeah, that's a good a, one too. It's a very interesting book. Um, and, and a lot of her books are. She's often attacked by people, you know, from the, the left, if you will, big government people for being kind of an evil capitalist. Uh, she, she's deceased, so, you know, back when she was alive, but people still attack her ideas, um, you know, and, and they think that uh, she preached too much individualism. Um, and, you know, a lot of people who have come to believe in these ideas first discovered their ideas or, or really, you know, be, began thinking about them clearly as a result of uh, Ayn Rand's uh, writings. Atlas Shrugged, in particular, was so popular uh, that it sold like many millions of copies. Um, and, and for that reason, you know, it was important. So we dedicated a Tuttle Twins book about it. The, the kids listening will remember that in the story, we, we put uh, a Russian uh, calliope player, uh, you know, who is seeing what's happening in the circus. He's seeing the socialism uh, principles unfold just in this little circus. And as a result, he says, you know, this destroyed my Russia. Like this, and he's kind of 
he's kind of speaking to what we just shared right here, right? Ayn Rand was coming from Russia and seeing, well, wait a minute, these same ideas, you're letting them destroy America. This destroyed Russia, it will destroy here. And so her writings were meant to kind of wake people up and say, we can't let these same principles uh, play out here in America because look at, at the problems that they've done elsewhere. So in her stories, in these kind of fictional worlds, just like in our book with a fictional circus, uh, she was trying to show how in these fictional worlds, these principles would lead to disaster as kind of a way to warn all of us that, hey, we need to you know, not support socialism. Otherwise, this is the kind of stuff that happens. Yeah. And what's funny about it, and I should be, this is funny. I have never finished the book and I'm going to explain why I haven't finished the book. It's a really, really long book. <laughs> it is. How many it people? Is. It's what, 1500? Something like that? Something like that. Some of the speeches in the book alone are long yes. enough to be their own books. <laughs> which which is a great, is it the, because it's, what's his name? Uh, well, That's I won't give you it. Antonia and then John the Galt. And oh, I love the money speech. But what's cool about this book, so the premise of the book is, is you have these people who are making the world better with their innovations, with their inventions, right? Um, what's the main guy's name who does the steel? Uh, it's not, or not Dan Clark. Reardon. Hank Reardon. Reardon. Thank you. So Hank Reardon, he's, he's invented this like lightweight steel that's amazing and they're building these trains with it. And instead of the public praising them and the government saying like, wow, we're so happy for what you're doing for us. And we've talked about in past episodes how, you know, entrepreneurs and innovators really make the world go round. Instead of that, they're saying, how dare you make so much money? How dare you not share with the rest of the world? You know, this isn't your success. This is our collective success. So much so that the people get so mad that they just decide to leave society altogether. Mm -hmm. So they just start disappearing. All the important people in society just start disappearing because they're saying, you know, you don't even appreciate us. Why are we doing this for you? And they go start their own society called Galt's was it Galt? Gulch. It's kind of That's hard right. to say. That's so right. so it's a really cool premise. And even though I haven't finished it, <laughs> I love the story. Uh, you're not alone. Let's say that. You're, no, you're not I'm alone. not. Which, which, as I've talked to a number of people, they tend to say like, well, now you we have the condensed version. We just need to read the Tuttle Twins version of the book um, and get you know the similar ideas. What's really interesting to me is that Ayn Rand is kind of uh, like a... Oh, there's there's a word I'm trying to think of, but she is kind of the person that people will attack when they want to attack, you know, capitalism. Like she's a scapegoat, very, kind of. Yeah, maybe she's kind of the 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 focus of people's attack. I guess is a good way to say it. And uh, and what's interesting is I think she actually made it a little hard to defend sometimes. And so let's talk about this. One of her, in fact, I think she even wrote a book uh, uh, about the virtue of selfishness. Yes. And, very and this, provocative title, very shocking title. Absolutely. And this was a theme that, you know, is in many of her other books as well. And so her attitude, her perspective is that, uh, you know, charity and certainly forced charity is is uh, demeaning. And, uh, you know, we we shouldn't be expected to help other people. People need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Of course, I'm very much simplifying here, but she definitely took this approach where selfishness is almost a virtue in the sense that that is the individual focusing on the, their own needs rather than being dependent on others, rather than relying on support. You need to be able to uh, provide for yourself and focus on yourself and not be a burden on other people. And you can kind of see where she's getting at from a broader government society standpoint, right? Like there are a ton of people who simply refuse to take care of themselves they are a burden on society. And, and by that, I mean taxpayers, right? They're living on welfare. They 
won't go out and get a job. And of course, then there are people who legitimately cannot provide for themselves. And we as a society, you know, would do well to figure out good ways to actually help those in need and not have to support all these other lazy people who are just kind of <laughs> the moochers, loaded. I think she called them, right? And she moochers, called them moochers. That's right. Yeah. yeah, moochers. And so, you know, she and the moochers certainly applies to like bureaucracy, which is like government workers, right? Who are just living off of taxpayer dollars. I just learned today, I was in a presentation this morning for this government agency and they shared uh, information on how many people work in their particular government agency. And my mind was just blown. I'm like, why do you need all those people? And you're spending all this money. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, what are your thoughts on the selfishness? It seems to me, the reason I brought it up, Brittany, is uh, the people who want to attack capitalism, that becomes an easy argument to attack, right? Like, look, you're selfish. That's all you, you only care about yourselves. Whereas I, you know, I'm an enlightened progressive socialist. <laughs> I care about all the people. Therefore, you know, socialist policies, you know, help all the people by forcing you, you know, selfish people to help them. So, so do you share that perspective or what, what are your thoughts on the selfish? Two kind of different thoughts on this as I've, as I've grown older, I've grown wiser in my years. So the first one is that I don't see it as selfishness as much as I see it as incentives. And we've talked about incentives before. So if you have an incentive to make money, but the thing you're creating that makes money like is helping other people, then everybody wins. So I have a hard time seeing that as selfish, right? If I create a vaccine that's going to cure, I don't know, whatever, or not even a vaccine, let's do something better than that. Let's see. If I'm going to create something that's going to help put people in houses or, or solve some social problem that people are trying to solve, something like that, and I'm helping people, but I'm also making money, I don't see that as selfish. I see that as problem solving and there's an incentive to problem solve. I think that's great. Now, Ayn Rand's personal life was a little bit of a mess because she was a little bit selfish in general. And so I think that you can take it too far. I think like everything in life, you can kind of take it too far and, and go further than you needed to. And then it becomes a problem. But as far as what she talks about in The Virtue of Selfishness, that's one of that's one of my favorite essays. I don't think it's a book, right? I believe it's just an essay. Yeah, you might be right. I think it's an, yeah. Um, I, I think she makes great points that people always think capitalists are so evil and, and you know, and only self-centered. But if you're solving a problem, like let's look at Jeff Bezos. I get whatever I want delivered to my door in 48 hours. And I think that is pretty great. I'm okay with him being a trillionaire or whatever he is now because there's an incentive for me to buy because I get things quicker and more conveniently. And there's an incentive for him to be doing what he's doing with Amazon. Mm -hmm. So I don't really see a problem with that. So I think there's good kinds of selfishness and there are bad kinds of selfishness. So let me next ask you another criticism that people uh, make of Ayn Rand. And, and this is typically from people who want to totally dismiss her ideas and just avoid even, you know, addressing them or talking about them. And that is that Ayn Rand, for all of her criticisms, for all of her attacks on socialism and uh, moochers and, and so forth, that she herself lived on welfare programs uh, mm -hmm. in her older years, that she participated in these government programs. And so what are your thoughts there? See, and that's where I just think it's it's hypocritical, but so that would be my gut instinct. But then as I'm even thinking about this more, I'm thinking, well, she paid into the system, right? So I've heard this argument with unemployment. A lot of people won't take it on principle because they think it's welfare. However, for those of us who are paying taxes and who've been employed and who've been you know, taxed to death, what it feels like sometimes, we've paid into these programs. So sometimes you think like, well, of course I'm going to use it. 
I paid into it. So it's a very, very fine line. And it's it's one of those things I struggle with. Now, I personally would like to tell you that I would never take it, but I've not been in a situation where I've had to take it. So I don't want to answer in case it happens, but I would like to tell you that I wouldn't. I would like to believe that I wouldn't, especially if I was someone like Ayn Rand who's made my living talking about not, you know, how we shouldn't do this. Right. That seems a little bit hypocritical. That's, that's, so those are my thoughts. It, it, it makes it a little harder, and this is kind of tangential, but it is, it is kind of consistent with talking about Ayn Rand because, yeah, it's one thing to stand up on these principles, and then when the rubber meets the road, can you mm-hmm. live the principles that you're telling everyone else to live? So you're right to point out, I think, that there was some hypocrisy there, uh, perhaps, in, in not practicing what was so vocally preached um, uh, in all of her you know, books and writings. Um, but the point that you made, I'll push back on gently here, and that is, and this is a discussion I've had with a lot of people um, over the years, this idea that we've paid into the system, therefore we can benefit mm-hmm. from the system. And I think the way that argument uh, becomes harder to make is when we understand that these these socialist kind of welfare programs are actually pyramid schemes. So okay. all of the money that we've paid in over the years, let's use social security. I was going to say that's the example. best example. Yep. Yeah. So social security is a program where, you know, old people and some others can receive support from the government in their older years. Um, and, you know, they've paid uh, into the program all along the way. When in reality, the way it works is in their earlier years, those people were paying to support all the old people at the time. And that money is, it's not like an investment account that you might get if you want to invest in stocks. It's not like a savings account at the bank where, you know, the money that you're paying along the way is being held for you to then use later in your life. Um, and frankly, the government would be like the worst investment broker in the world. <laughs> to, you know, I'd rather just use that money to go invest myself in the market. Just like the money on better. fire, really. I think you'd get the same <laughs> accomplished. Totally. And so in reality, what's happening is that, like, I'll use me as an example. I'm paying in my whole life. If I were to participate in Social Security later in life, I'm not getting back what I've put in. I'm perpetuating. In other words, I'm continuing a program and making other people pay on my behalf. And I think that's where the critics of someone like Ayn Rand, and of course, you know, she's not the only one who has preached one thing and and done another when, you know, life became difficult. Um, but I think that's where the argument becomes a little valid. It's, it's not just that you're using money that you've put into the system. It's like, well, you're making other people pay for you. How is that any different? And so I think if, if anything, maybe one of the takeaways, Brittany, uh, from this episode, sure, you know, go learn about Ayn Rand. There's a lot to learn. Go read some of her stuff. There's even websites out there that have just Ayn Rand quotes <laughs> and you can just, you know, rather <laughs> you than the point. <laughs> exactly. Just rather than diving into a full book, you can just go read some of those snippets. She's a very interesting person. Go pull up her Wikipedia page, you know, uh, go try reading Atlas watch Shrugged. Some interviews, some interviews Absolutely. with her. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. To watch. She's a character. Like I yeah, said. Yeah, on YouTube, <laughs> you can find some interviews. I remember watching the one with Phil Donahue, who yes. was one of the uh, old, uh, what do you call this, talk show hosts. Um, so, yeah, uh, spend some time looking up uh, Ayn Rand and learning a bit more. However, I think a, an interesting takeaway here that you and I maybe didn't anticipate when we planned this episode is the importance for us to try and create our lives in a way where we can be consistent with the principles that we believe in. 
Um, you know, I don't know all the particulars of Ayn Rand's life. Maybe she mismanaged her money. She she made quite a bit of money. She did it from a biography I just read uh, about her. She did. <laughs> so that's a good point. Okay. Yeah. And so so, you know, had she saved and invested and prepared for retirement, then she would not have had to. She could have been faithful to her message. And in my opinion, that would have made her that much stronger of of a of an advocate for these ideas to not have kind of this uh, another term is an Achilles heel right mom and dad can tell the kids kind of what that's in reference to kind of exposing yourself to a weakness an argument that someone else can attack you on and so for those of us who believe in freedom and limited government and individual rights I think it's very important that we create our lives in a way um, that will allow us to be faithful to that message. We're going to make uh, the job a little easier for you guys. We will share a couple resources about Ayn Rand that are worth looking into on the show notes page for today. And so head over to TuttleTwins.com slash podcast. Check those out. Go find your own and maybe have a family discussion about, about you know, the importance of us being consistent and how can we create lives, our lives in a way that will allow us to stand up for these ideas that we believe in and and not have to uh, deviate from them later in life. So until next time, guys, thanks as always for subscribing. We're glad you're listening and we'll talk to you next time, Brittany. Talk to you next time. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.